0: Hi, welcome to Praise FM. Thank you so much for joining our service today. We are super excited to have you here with us. God bless you as you listen. Amen. Hi, welcome to Praise FM. Thank you so much for joining our service today. We are super excited to have you here with us. God bless you as you listen. Amen. The subject matter today is the Holy Spirit. But I want to encourage you today to drop every denominational wall about the Holy Spirit. And I shall try as much as possible in this service to say everything I want to say from the scriptures. I will allow the Bible to speak for itself. And I'll try as much as possible not to bring in any doctrinal, any denominational doctrinal view as regarding the Holy Spirit. And so whatever I'll be saying today shall be spoken directly from the scriptures. And so I encourage you to join me on this journey. Hallelujah. Oh my God, I did not hear you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so the broad topic is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And then we will, along the line, focus on tongues of fire. Tongues of fire. You'll agree with me that we cannot fully expose the ministry of the Holy Spirit in one hour. And so I'll say a few things and allow the Holy Spirit to do the rest let me begin with acts chapter 10 and verse 38 acts chapter 10 and verse 38 how god anointed jesus of nazareth with the holy ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all the oppressed of the devil For God was with him. Note how God. And so how God. How talks about a process. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Not with oil but with the Holy Ghost. And with power. And so I can say in essence. That what made The ministry of Jesus stand out was that there was a working of the Holy Spirit in his ministry. What made or has made the ministry of Jesus to be, to be, to be, what's the word to use here, to be impactful even till today is that the Holy Spirit was part and parcel of that ministry. And so we can't walk. Successfully with the Lord Without the Holy Spirit And it is important For us to learn How to walk with the Holy Spirit And in essence It is also important for us to know And understand the ministry Of the Holy Spirit I will not be able to fully expose The Holy Spirit but I will say a few things about him Because the ministry of the Holy Spirit Is inexhaustible we can exhaust the ministry of the Holy Spirit. He works in dimensions we cannot understand. And so, few things about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And I trust it will help us for where we are going this morning. John chapter 14. John chapter 14. Verse 15 through verse 17. This is part of what Jesus said before he ascended to heaven. Remember that before Jesus made this statement you're about to read Jesus was not yet crucified He's about to go to the cross And so Jesus talks about something that will happen after he has died He talks about something that will happen after he has resurrected And after he has ascended to God the Father in heaven Because the disciples were wondering How will they leave If Jesus is going how will they survive and because they were thinking jesus told them, he will leave and so they are thinking what will we do when jesus is taken away from us how will we leave how will we survive when jesus goes as in john chapter 14 15 to 17 jesus begins to address the question in their mind about how they will survive when jesus goes The Bible says, verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. Verse 16, and I will pray the Father. Are we together? This is Jesus speaking. I will pray the Father, and He will give you another helper. This King James says, another comforter. He will give you, New King James says, another helper that he may abide with you forever. That's key. And he goes on to describe this comfort this helper. He says, The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him but you, 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 you my disciples know him Why? For he dwells with you and will be in you. Are we together here? Now follow me. Before Jesus goes, before Jesus dies, he makes a promise to the disciples that when he goes, he will pray the Father... And the father will send to the disciples a replacement, Jesus. He will pray the father to send to the disciples someone who replaced Jesus in their lives. And the new King James calls it another helper. The old King James calls him the comforter. And so Jesus says. Someone will replace me when I go. And so don't cry. This replacement that I will ask the Father to send to you or for you to send to you will not go like I'm going. I've been with you for three years, three and a half years, and I'm going. But the replacement I will send, the helper that will come, will not stay with you for three years and then go he will stay with you not just stay with you for me jesus i just stay with you but this helper that is coming will not just stay with you he will also live inside of you am i talking to someone here follow me and jesus calls that replacement the helper another helper and so jesus says another helper is coming if you go to the dictionary and look up the word helper, the English dictionary. The English dictionary will tell you that a, a helper is an assistant. Someone who gives assistance. But if you look and consider the English dictionary definition of helper, it doesn't convey what Jesus actually meant to say in verse, in verse, in that verse 16 of John chapter 14. Because this helper that Jesus is given, Is not just an assistant, is more than an assistant. More than assistant. In fact, in the Greek language, the word helper is rendered parakletos. Parakletos. P A R A C L E T O S. P A R A C L E T O S. Parakletos. And That's the word that the New Testament English New Testament translates As helper Paracletos could mean helper Paracletos could mean advocate Paracletos could mean Comforter Paracletos could mean consoler Because depending on the Bible version you hold Some version like the old King James Talks about comforter The new King James talks about helper Another helper Another version I think NIV talks about comforter on average, it talks about consola. Am I talking to somebody here? All of that in Greek actually means parakletos. Parakletos. But you know, that's why the various translation uses those various words. Because the word parakletos is very difficult to translate in English because parakletos has a very wide application. Very wide application. Now, let's look at some applications of the word paracletos. It will help us as we get in where we are going this morning. Number one, paracletos actually means one who is called to stand alongside another. Paracletos or helper is one called to stand alongside another. One who stands alongside you. That means that when the paracletos comes, when another helper comes, when the replacement Jesus comes, Jesus is saying, that one will stand permanently by your side. Are we we together here? Are we together? This helper that Jesus is sending, this comforter, this consoler, when he comes, the Bible says a means he will stand by your side and i came to announce to somebody here there is someone standing by your side you may see him you may not see him you may recognize him you may not recognize him but there is someone standing by your side you are not alone there is someone standing by you permanently that means where you go he goes where you sit he sits you enter the exam hall, he's there you sit at home, he's there you travel in the bus, he's there you sit on the bike, he's there am I talking to somebody here when you go, he goes with you when you come in, he comes with you he's standing by your side and so Jesus says, when I go I'll pray the father to send to you another helper, a paracletos a helper, someone who will stand by you permanently I thought you say an amen to that number two also means could also imply one called to intercede on behalf of another. One called to intercede on behalf of another person. That implies someone who has been called to plead on your behalf, on our behalf. When we stand in need, there is someone who pleads on our behalf. And so, Paracletos is like the same word that is used in the law courts that is called advocate, advocate, an advocate or attorney is one who stands, who intercedes on your behalf. You know, when you have a legal case, a case in court, you don't represent yourself. Someone represents you. Someone speaks on your behalf. Someone argues your case for you. Am I am I talking to somebody here? That's the paracletos, someone who intercedes on your behalf, who speaks for you. And so there are people who stand beside you but stand passively. Paracletos means someone called to stand by you. But you agree with me, there are people who could stand by you and say nothing and stand passively. But paracletos has another dimension. This person does not just stand beside you. Passively. is actively working on your behalf. And so there is someone who is speaking on your behalf. There is someone who is handling your matter. Am I talking to somebody here? And so Jesus says, that helper is someone who will handle your matter, intercede on your behalf. And she says, I will pray the Father to send you another helper. And so note number one, Paracletos, one who is called to stand alongside another. Number two, Paracletos, one who is called to intercede on behalf of another. Now number three, the third dimension of Paracletos or helper here, is that Paracletos means someone who stands by you to strengthen you. Someone who stands by you to strengthen you. Someone who stands by you to encourage you. Paracletos. And so Jesus says, I will pray the Father to send you, Number one, someone who is going to stand by you. Number two, someone is going to plead your case for you. Number three, someone is going to encourage you. Am I talking to somebody here? You understand this as we go on. Because in 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 the in the in the race of life, there come a time that the words of men actually make no meaning. In such moments and such seasons, there's someone that God has sent for us, sent to us. And encourages us that the world expects you will not get up and get going tomorrow morning, but they are shocked next morning you are up and you are and you get going. And they're wondering, What is it in this person that despite what we have done to put him down, he still wakes up tomorrow morning and still returns back to the place of prayer, he still wakes up tomorrow morning and still returns back to the place of evangelism, he still wakes up tomorrow morning. And he's still preaching the gospel. That's like what we did to him yesterday. Am I talking to somebody here? So, this paracletus is sent to strengthen and encourage you. So that you can do your assignment and fulfill purpose at the end of the day. And so when Jesus says, I am going. When Jesus says, when I go, I will send you the helper. He was merely saying, when I go, I will send you a replacement. And he says, you know, it's interesting when Jesus says to them. It is good that I go. It is good that I go. And the disciples did not understand. Because for them, they cried, Jesus, don't go. Anybody that wants to kill you will cut off his neck, will cut off his ears, and so on. They tried to stop Jesus from going. And Jesus had to tell them, Look, it is good that I go. It is good that I go. Because this Jesus you see today has, these are my words now, in quotes a limitation am I talking to somebody here this Jesus you see today in quotes, has a limitation in his sphere of oppression in his ministry and as you continue this journey You will discover that this Jesus, who has a limitation because of body, because of the body that is called man, may not help you to actually fulfill divine purpose. And so Jesus says, it is good I go, and when I go, another Jesus, a replacement Jesus, a helper is coming, who will not be limited like I am limited. And this replacement Jesus Will help you to actually fulfill your purpose in life Am I talking to somebody here Watch this New King James says Jesus says I'll pray the Father to send you another helper Note the word another If Jesus is talking about another helper That implies there was a first helper Are we together here? Because you can't say another helper If there was not a first helper so Jesus says, he chooses words, I'll pray the Father to send you another helper. Because the only helper that the disciples knew was Jesus. And so Jesus was actually their first helper. Their first helper. But here Jesus says, I'll send you another helper. Another helper. Another kind of helper. Yes, another kind of helper I will send to you. And this another helper is supposed to function like the original helper, like the first helper. First John chapter 2, verse 1. Popular scripture. First John chapter 2, verse 1. John says, My little children, these things I write to you that you may not sin. And he says, If any and if anyone sins, are you there? What do we have we have an advocate we have a paracletos with the father and he says this advocate is who Jesus Christ the righteous and so John reveals to us that Jesus is an advocate and so in Greek John tells us that Jesus is a Paracletos. Now, remember, I said a Paracletos number one is one called to do what we are teaching here. Called to do what? Stand alongside you. Number two, a Paracletos is what one called to intercede, plead your case, and number three, a Paracletos is one called to do what? Encourage and strengthen you. Now, and John is telling us that Jesus is an advocate. Jesus is a paracletus. Now, the question is where in the scripture did Jesus act as a paracletus? Because there must be evidence and reasons why John is calling Jesus an advocate. So, where did John get that knowledge, that revelation, that wisdom that Jesus is an advocate? Am I talking to somebody here? Where did he get it from? Why did he call Jesus an advocate? why did he call Jesus the helper because we don't understand that Jesus was the first helper and he's going to pray the father to send us another helper now let's see how Jesus was a helper how Jesus was an advocate how Jesus was a paracletos how he operated as a paracletos during his ministry on the face of the Luke chapter 22 Luke 22 by this time Jesus had not yet died By this time Jesus was actually on his journey To go to the place of the cross And then something happens Luke 22 Let's see verse 31 and verse 32 Strange words from Jesus here Very strange words And the Lord said Are you there? Follow me here Simon Simon Indeed, Satan has asked for you. That he may sift you as wheat. Verse 32. But, somebody say but. Oh my God, you are not here. Somebody say but. But, I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail and 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 when you have returned to me do what? strengthen your brethren very strange words imagine if you had a dream what's your name? in In Obam imagine if you had a dream and Jesus comes to you and says, but Satan has asked for you. What will be your reaction when you wake up? God forbid! I bind that Satan. It cannot be me. How can Satan ask for me? Because to you, there are people that person that should ask for, that kind of person, Satan should ask for. But imagine Jesus comes and says, Simon, Satan has asked." For you. And I thought that the reaction of Jesus. About the revelation. Should be to bind Satan. But Jesus did not bind Satan. Instead Jesus says. I have prayed for you. Am I talking to somebody here? Jesus tells Satan. Jesus tells Simon. Satan has made a demand for you. And I thought Jesus should stop Satan. But no, Jesus says, I won't stop Satan. But there's something I want to do. There's something I'm going to do for you. And you must understand what I'm going to do for you. You know, I think it was a psalmist, David, that said, Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Are we there? But what? The Lord does what? Delivers him from them all. The Bible didn't say, the Lord stopped the affliction. But he says, the Lord delivered. Him, from all of it. And so, when Satan asks for Simon to sift Simon like wheat, God didn't stop him. When, when Job, when Satan asked for Job, God didn't stop Satan. I don't know who is demanding to sift you. And Jesus tells Simon that Satan has made a demand to sift you. He wants to sift you like wheat. Sift like wheat. This is what it means. What this means is that Satan wants to put you in a system. He wants to bring some circumstances your way. These circumstances will so shake you. It will totally shake you up and down, front and back, such that at the end of the day, he wants you to lose your faith, lose your confidence, lose your hope, lose your courage. In fact, at a point, he wants you to say that God does not exist. Maybe throw away your Bible, stop your prayer life, stop your devotional life, and begin to live like the believer. Because he wants to put Simon into a system that will thoroughly shake him. Am I talking to somebody here? as so Jesus says, Simon, you're going to be pounded, pounded by Satan. But I love Jesus. He says, despite the pounding, I have prayed for you. And so, in this instance, in this scripture, we see Jesus acting as a helper, acting as an advocate, acting as a paracletos. Now, let's see how Jesus acts as a, an advocate, as a paracletos is here, because when they establish the fact that Jesus was the first helper, number one, you observe, like I said, a paracletos is one who is called to stand with you. And so, in this, in this, in this uh, Luke chapter twenty-two, we see Jesus standing with Simon in his time of trial. Can I talk to someone here? An advocate in the law court does not stop trials. The lawyer that represents you in court doesn't stop the judge from doing his business. But what the advocate does is to stand beside you in the trial. Defend you in the trial. The advocate cannot stop the case. But what he does is defend you in the case. You may be taken to court. You will go to the court. But the advocate stands with you in court. And defends you in the matter. Such that at the end of the day, you come out stronger. And so Jesus is telling Simon. I won't stop the devil from doing what he wants to do. But no matter what he wants to do, I'm going to stand by you. Am I talking to somebody here? so, Jesus was the first helper. And for Simon, he stood by Simon in the midst of his affliction. In the midst of his pain. In the midst of his trouble. Because he was the first helper. Can I pray for someone here? In the midst of your affliction, there is someone standing by you. I said there is someone standing by you. I said there is someone standing by you. Can you try the better? Amen. Then, number two. A paracletos is one who does what intercedes, pleads on your behalf. us. so Jesus tells Simon, Satan has asked for you. But I have prayed, I have interceded, I have pleaded on your behalf. And so we see Jesus here acts as a helper to Simon. I have prayed for you. In other words, what Jesus is trying to say, Because I have prayed for you, Whatever is the intention of Satan, It shall not prevail. Jesus, by praying for Simon, Implied, Let Satan do his worst or his best. He can succeed. Am I talking to somebody here? Isn't it great to know, That in whatever you are going through, You have an assurance you are coming out of it. Am I talking to somebody here? You have knowledge in advance That this one too Will come to pass This sickness will come to pass This affliction will end Am I talking to somebody here? Because someone has prayed for you in advance There is someone who knows the end From the beginning That no matter what Satan does You are coming out of it alive and well I thought you shouted a loud Amen Amen if he likes living, put you in fire and burn You are coming out of hot oil Unarmed <laughs> Am I talking to somebody here Because God told Simon ahead of time No matter what the devil throws at you It will not work Why? I have prayed for you Just like the three Hebrew children The fire was intensified You know, remember the story They were thrown into the fire And the, their enemies thought It was all over but no, in the midst of the fire, Paracletos showed up. No wonder Nebuchadnezzar said, ah, Did we not throw three men into the fire? But I see a footman who looks like the son of God. Paracletos! Am I talking to somebody here? He stands between in the midst of the fire. Intercepts your matter. Sometimes, he may not stop the fire. If he chooses not to stop the fire That means he will stand with you inside the fire And he can't stand with you inside the fire And you get hot. Am I talking to somebody here You know when the Bible says No weapon formed against you That means he will stop them from forming the weapon But he has said The weapon shall not prosper Intercedes on your behalf You know know, this, This is the revelation I got When Satan asks for you, this is my revelation, Jesus also asks for you. You don't understand. When Satan is pleading, give me Simon, Jesus is also saying, I too, I want Simon. That implies Satan has a plan, but Jesus also has a plan. Are we together this morning? Satan has a plan But Jesus also has a plan Satan has an agenda for your life But Jesus also has an agenda for your life And of course you know When these two agendas meet The agenda of Jesus and the agenda of Satan You know which one will bow Am I talking to somebody here? Why? Because he stands by us In the fire As so the fire cannot burn us He has power over the agenda of Satan Satan has the right to hate you Satan has the right to want to destroy you But Jesus says I have prayed for you Please tell your neighbor Jesus has prayed for you Tell a second neighbor Jesus has prayed for you (laughs) Oh, tell a third neighbor Jesus has prayed for you If you believe in shout aloud amen Amen. As for Jesus acted as an intercessor As a paracletos, as a helper Thirdly I said a paracletos is one who is sent to strengthen you and I guess you saw in that scripture Jesus tells Peter When you have returned I love that That means Simon you will return You will return When you have returned That means Simon you will go But you will come back You will go through the fire But the fire will not burn you You will come back I wish somebody could place his right hands on his chest or his chest and say, I will return I will return I will return. The, regardless of the affliction, I will return. Regardless of the pain, I will return. Regardless of the soul, I will return. Somebody shouted, I will return. I'll return. I'll return. I'll return. So Jesus says, when you return, because you return, he says, strengthen your brethren. This implies, Peter, you may enter the fire as a weak person, but you're coming out a strong person and your testimony now will strengthen your brethren am I talking to somebody here that's the essence of what Jesus says you go in weak but you're coming out strong you go in sick but you're coming out healed you go in depressed but you're coming out encouraged am I talking to somebody here you go in bowed down but you're coming up standing up they threw the Hebrew children bound into the fire they came out walking loosely you can't go in the same way and come out the same way because he stands by you he intercedes for you and he strengthens you And so, all these three functions show Jesus as a helper. And so Jesus says, as I'm going, I'm going to pray the Father to send you another helper. I am not taking my helping ministry away with me. But I'm going to send someone with a... On our dimension of helping ministry. I'm going to send someone to you. Who will not stay with you for three and a half years. I'm going to send someone to you. Who will stay with you forever. Am I talking to somebody here? If you want to understand. The ministry of the Holy Spirit. Please understand. The ministry of Jesus. If you want to understand the ministry of the Holy Spirit Please understand You have to have have an understanding Of the ministry of Jesus Because the Holy Spirit was a replacement Jesus Now let's go to John 15 Verse 26 and 27 John 15 26 and verse 27 The Bible says But When the helper comes Whom I shall send to you from the Father. The Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father. What will he do? He will testify of me. And you shall be a witness because you have been with me from the beginning. And you also will be a witness because you have been with me from the beginning. This implies that When this helper that is called the Holy Spirit comes, you will be a witness. Why? Because you've been with me from the beginning. You know, you've been with Jesus. You know the ministry of Jesus. And so when the Holy Spirit comes, you will quickly identify that this is the Holy Spirit. No one will teach you, this is the Holy Spirit. When it comes, you will know it. This is the Holy Spirit. Why? You have enjoyed my ministry. And this one is coming is another one that looks like me. So when you see him begin to walk and manifest, you will know this is that replacement Jesus that Jesus spoke about. You will identify him. Am I talking to somebody here? Because you know that as I came from the father, as Jesus came from the father, the Holy Spirit is also coming from the father. You'll also know that where I stopped, the Holy Spirit continues my ministry where I ended am I talking to somebody here he'll also know as I reveal the father to the world when the Holy Ghost comes he also will reveal the father to the world and then he'll also realize that when the Holy Ghost comes he'll not just stand by you he'll also come to live dwell inside of you when Jesus was on the earth he did not dwell inside anybody am I talking to somebody here he did not dwell inside anybody That was why when a man was sick, when you were sick, what you needed to do was to go and look for Jesus. Go and look for where Jesus is. Or if you met him along the way, you invite him home to go and pray for your sick daughter or sick son or sick child or sick sick wife. That's why when Lazarus was sick, John 11, they demanded, they sent for Jesus to come, that his friend was sick. And you know how many days, how many days did it take Jesus to get to Lazarus? For days, there were no cars then. He had to trek. And you know the story before Jesus got to Bethany, Lazarus had died. And so in those days, it did not mean that when you need Jesus now, Jesus will come now. He had other engagements, he had to trek to locate you. Am I talking to somebody here? Because he had a body. And the body he had a leg He had to walk It was only like a press button You call him and he's here at the moment He disappears and he appears He will walk He will drink, He will locate you He will get to you For Lazarus, four days to get the better name Before he got there, Lazarus had died If your daughter was sick You need to go and look for Jesus Fetch him to come in Luke chapter seven, remember, he was on his way to see La- La- uh, Jairus's daughter, and there was a crowd around him, pushing and touching him. Before he could go to Jairus's daughter's house or Jairus's house, news came: the daughter has died. Don't bother the master. Remember the story. In that process, that woman with the issue of blood touched Jesus. And so Jairus's daughter was almost sick, dead, almost at the point of death. But there was slow motion in the walking of Jesus to Jairus's house. Along the way, Jairus's daughter died. You know the story. No wonder Jesus said, "It is better that I go." If Jesus was still on the earth, if you had a problem in Ekhomat Maden. What you needed to do was to travel to Abuja first. Get a visa from the Israeli embassy. Then get your money to fly. Am I talking to somebody here? And then fly to Jerusalem. I don't know how long it would take you to get a visa to fly. And sometimes you arrive at Jerusalem, they say it's at Bethany. You don't understand that means many people will die in their affliction without seeing Jesus because as you want to travel from Ikonok Padeng to Jerusalem others in you want to travel others in Abuja also want to travel others in Ghana want to travel others in Kenya want to travel others in Japan want am I talking to somebody here it will be a crowd and you know Jesus many times did not stay in one place he moved about let's assume he decides to visit Nigeria. Talk to me. Where will he touch down first? Abuja. Okay, let's leave Abuja. He decides to come to Aquaiboom. Talk to me. Where will he touch down first? Uyo. Now, if he touches Uyo, where will he go first? Governor's house. Hilltop mansion. Before he finishes with every matter that Udom has. His wife has. His children has. His brothers and his sisters. His in-laws have. You don't understand. And then when he's done with Udom's issues. He moves to deputy governor. Then moves to speaker. Moves to commissioners. House members. Oh, you don't, somebody doesn't understand here. <laughs> he may never even come to Baden again. And even if you travel from Hikarabadin to you to see him, because he was man, at a point he will be so tired. He said, He may not meet the need of everybody. Am I talking to somebody here? That's why he said, It is good that I go. Because when I go, I am sending another helper. This one that I will send will not be limited by geography. Oh my God. Are you here this morning? He will not be limited by time and space. He knows that you don't have money. And you may not be able to fly down to Jerusalem. And so he says, I will send another helper that will break the barrier of finances. Break the barrier of status. And he will come down to your level. Come down inside the village. Come down inside your room. In fact, live inside of you. And that he has come that low doesn't mean that as he comes down, his power reduces. The same power is still used and still manifests as he comes down. Am I talking to somebody here? so that's why the other helper the another helper is the holy spirit and when the holy spirit comes i don't need to travel to jerusalem when i'm sick in my room in my classroom as i'm walking the campus i can talk to the holy spirit he can touch my infirmity he can stand by me he can strengthen me he can encourage me because he's the other helper that jesus sent to me somebody shout holy Ghost! I've established point one. And let's move on. And so the Holy Ghost came. You know the story. Acts chapter two. The Holy Ghost came. Let's go there. Acts chapter two. The Holy Ghost came. Given to us as a gift. The disciples 120, no one received it. You know the story. Acts chapter two. Let's read from verse 1 when the day of Pentecost had fully come they were all with one accord in one place oh my God and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. And one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Are we together here? And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Hallelujah. This helper came the Holy Spirit came just like Jesus had promised because when he speaks his words come to pass when he promises he fulfills he promised them the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost came and then the Bible says as the Holy Ghost came he says the bible says this men these women they began to To speak with other tongues. Please watch me, that's where I'm going. The Holy Ghost came and they began to speak with other tongues. This is the first mention of the practice of speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues is only mentioned in the New Testament, speaking in tongues was never mentioned in the Old Testament speaking in tongues was only practiced in the new testament and so speaking in tongues is actually a new testament phenomenon a new testament experience and you must understand that the church is also a product of the new testament and so this practice of speaking in tongues after the holy ghost came was an experience that the new testament church experienced are we together here please get that foundation and so acts chapter two, we see the new testament experiencing the holy ghost with evidence of speaking in tongues you know jesus had told his disciples that he was going to heaven and he had told them to wait in jerusalem for the coming of the holy spirit but the interesting thing is that jesus only told them to wait it didn't for the holy spirit it didn't tell them in details the experiences that will come with the coming of the holy spirit are we together here it didn't give them details it never spoke to them that they would speak in tongues it didn't give them details of what will happen when the holy ghost comes all they were told to do was to wait in the upper room and pray and the holy ghost came during the jewish feast of pentecost Filled the house and they spoke in tongues. And so the coming of the Holy Spirit and the speaking in tongues is actually a fulfillment of the promise that Jesus made. Remember, he had told them to wait and they waited. The Holy Ghost came and the promise was fulfilled. But again, I repeat for emphasis, when the Holy Ghost came, nobody knew what the experience was going to be. Because in that upper room was a totally new experience. Bible says when the Holy Ghost came, the room was filled with power. The room literally shook. There was a wind. There was a sound from heaven. The Bible says fire sat upon the head of each of them. And they all began to speak in tongues as the Holy Ghost gave utterance. I shall come back to this scripture. When I'm trying to round up. Nobody told them what was going to happen when the Holy Ghost comes. Even Jesus did not. But I know that because Jesus is all-knowing, he knew that that would happen. Even when he didn't tell them. And when the Holy Ghost came, it happened. You know, when they entered Jerusalem, that upper room, they didn't enter with a mindset that they were going to speak in tongues. They didn't enter preparing themselves to speak in tongues. They just entered that upper room just in obedience. And the Holy Ghost came in fulfillment of God's promises and they spoke in tongues. Can I shock someone here? Even Jesus did not speak in tongues. Oh, did he? Oh, Chapel of Praise, tell me, did Jesus speak in tongues? Why didn't he speak in tongues? Why didn't he speak in tongues? Jesus did not speak in tongues. He didn't speak in tongues. Does it mean that if he wanted to speak in tongues, he could not have spoken in tongues? He would have spoken in tongues if he wanted to. He didn't speak in tongues. Why? If you ask me, he did not need to speak in tongues. Jesus was never healed. Why? He was never sick. But he promised the disciples that they will receive the Holy Spirit. And when they received the Holy Spirit, they spoke in tongues. He fulfilled this promise. And so people of God, there are many churches who don't believe in the Holy Spirit. There are many churches who don't believe in speaking in tongues. There are many churches who believe that it was a thing that happened in the Bible days in Jerusalem and no more today in one local church back the elders in that church did not believe in speaking in tongues and the work of the Holy Spirit and so one morning in a fasting meeting they were fasting and praying and the Holy Ghost came and He came upon a young man and the young man began to speak in tongues and interestingly his father was the elder of the church The father commanded that his son be thrown out of the church for causing commotion in church. And other young men carried the man, the young man and kept outside. And the Lord laughed. When they threw the young man out and they came back inside the church to continue service. Because sometimes our God has a sense of Humor. The Holy Ghost came upon the elder himself. And he began to speak in tongues. Who is going to carry him out? How will you carry the elder out? <laughs> Who is in charge? <laughs> From that day, his mindset and orientation changed. Am I talking to somebody here? That this thing, that this young man didn't go to practice how to say it. That this thing was real. Because he himself experienced it. Because you know sometimes when people don't experience things They castigate things They speak against it Because they are yet to experience it But that day the Lord released it upon him He didn't ask for it but he came He did not pray for the Holy Ghost but he came He was actually a righteous man But he didn't believe in the workings of the Holy Spirit But God sent the Holy Spirit And he began to speak in very dangerous tongues And a revival broke out that day Because not only him other young men began to speak that church has not remained the same till today No, there are people who don't believe in it this is an, it's, it's an acts act of the apostles thing but can I say this to you till Jesus comes the Holy Spirit is still at work am I talking to somebody here and so is speaking in tongues biblical yes it is biblical it happened in the New Testament, and it's still happening till today. And so, speaking in tongues is biblical. Is biblical? We've read it in Acts chapter two. Now, my first question is: Is speaking in tongues biblical? Yes, we've seen it in Acts chapter two. Let me ask a, a second question: What was the use, the purpose of speaking in tongues? Because everything God does, He does on purpose. Everything God created, he created on purpose. So, what's the use of the tongues that accompanied the coming of the Holy Ghost? What's the use? What's the value? What's the benefit? What's the gain? The apostle Paul uses an entire chapter in 1 Corinthians to talk about tongues. And encourage after service Take out time to read 1 Corinthians chapter 14 Paul uses an entire chapter To address the issue of tongues In the church in Corinth You know The church at Corinthian Was a very charismatic church Charismatic Come from the the Greek word Charismata Charismata And Charismata actually means the gifts of grace. The gifts of grace. And so the Holy Spirit gives gifts. And churches who believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit are called charismatic churches. And so the church in Corinthians was a charismatic church. Because the church in Corinthians believed in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Are we together here? Please follow me. I'm going somewhere. The church in Corinth was so fascinated about speaking in tongues. And can I say this? The church in Corinth spoke a lot of tongues. It was a church. So much I don't know what's happening in Chapel of Praise. You know, in the church in Corinth. When you wanted to say good morning, you said good morning in tongues. Oh, okay. When you ask your brother, how are you? You ask him in tongues. Am, am I talking to somebody here? You know, they loved tongues. So much so that they greeted each other in tongues. It was a church that loved to speak in tongues. Before they ate, they prayed in tongues You can imagine if there is food now And we call somebody to pray and bless the food And he begins to speak in tongues (laughs) You know And interestingly The person is speaking in tongues And you are wondering, what is he even saying What is he saying You know In Corinth, you know when he was standing for service, one person will come out and stand in front of, of, of the church and speak in tongues maybe for 10 15 minutes and then steps away and goes and sits down. And others will be standing just watching him speak. They don't understand what he's saying. Maybe he goes and sits down, that person comes up and also begins to blast in his own tongues. And they'll do that for hours. And nobody knows or understands what they're even saying. And so this brought about a lot of confusion A lot of confusion And so Paul had to Practically write Teach them to correct them How can you go to church to speak in tongues Publicly in the hearing of everybody You finish speaking in tongues and then you sit down It's not correct Am I talking to somebody here If you speak in tongues In a group and people are listening to you What is correct is after speaking, there should be an interpretation. So that others will benefit from the tongues that were spoken. Because what people hear, people want to hear words of understanding. And so Paul writes in chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians to correct that error in the church in Corinth. And he spends the entire chapter speaking or teaching on speaking in tongues. I have been I have been standing here now for the past almost close to one hour now. You can imagine if I was speaking in tongues from two eleven that I came up here till now. Let me ask you, chapter of praise. What will you write in your notes? Tell tell me now. What will you write in your notes? And so we don't preach in tongues. I'm preaching in English and you are understanding me and you are taking down your notes. And so Paul teaches them some things in fact. Fe- let's go to First Corinthians. I've talked about it. let's go to First Corinthians 14, verse 2, 2 to 4. Remember that I want to establish what speaking in tongues is used for. First Corinthians fourteen, verse two says, "For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, what happens? He speaks mysteries. But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation." And comfort to men. He who speaks in a tongue does what? Edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. Let me establish something from this scripture. The prophesying that Paul is talking about here doesn't mean prophecy. The prophesy here, Paul is talking about is talking about the preaching of the word, the telling forth of God's word am I talking to somebody here he says when we prophesy when we preach there is going to be number one edification the church is going to be edified the church is going to be exhorted and the church is going to be comforted but when you speak in tongues you edify yourself when you speak in tongues you are not speaking to people you are speaking to God can I say that again When you speak in tongues, you are edifying yourself. You are speaking mysteries. You are speaking to God. You edify yourself and not the congregation. So, what actually from this scripture is the use, the purpose, the value of speaking in tongues? Three things. Number one. Speaking in tongues, number one, enables us communicate. Supernaturally with God Speaking in tongues enables us To communicate Supernaturally with God Paul said For he who speaks in a tongue Does not speak to men but to God For no one understands him when you speak in tongues, you're not speaking to men, but to God. When a person is speaking in tongues, he's not speaking to benefit others who are present and listening to him, but he is supernaturally talking to God. Because even though we hear you speak, the words you speak are not directed to us, but they're directed to God. Am I talking to somebody here? tongues are not directed to men that's why men can't understand it but there's one who understands it that's God and so tongues are actually directed to God and so tongues helps us to communicate supernaturally with God number two tongues helps us to speak mysteries Paul says, when a man speaks in tongues, he speaks mysteries to God. What does this mean? It means that the man who speaks in tongues is actually communicating to God. He's actually communicating to God what the mind does not understand. Please listen carefully. When we speak in tongues... We are communicating to God what my mind, what your mind does not understand. When I speak in tongues, when I pray in tongues, I am talking about things that are not exactly what I am thinking about. Am I am I talking to somebody here? I'll give you an illustration. For example, I'm not broke. I'm not broke. But assuming I am broke. I came to church no money in my pocket. I did not eat the whole of yesterday. I don't even know what I'm going to eat today because there's no money. As I'm in church sitting, hunger is already pinching me in my tummy. And I know home and abroad There is no money If I am going to pray In my condition of being broke And I am going to pray with understanding My broke state Will affect my prayer are we, are we together here? That's the truth. If I'm going to pray with understanding, my empty pocket will affect my prayer. Why? Because I'll be praying, Oh Lord, you know after this service, there's no food. Oh Lord, make a way for me. that the end of this service, Oh Lord, didn't, didn't you speak to my chaplain? That she should have prepared food, that after this service, there should be food. Oh Lord, make a way. Let my brother I'm standing beside here invite me to come to his house. That am I talking to somebody here? We are giving different prayer. for you are praying something else. What well, your broke state is affecting the things you are saying from your mouth? But I am broke, and I switch into speaking in tongues. You know what happens? Even though my mind tells me broke, 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 broke. My spirit may not see my broke state as a priority now. I break into tongues. I don't understand what I'm saying. But maybe for the Lord, what is important now is your grandchildren. Grandchildren, grandchildren, You are not married yet. But God is talking about grandchildren. Your grandchildren. And so your current state says broke. But when you switch to the spirit. God is saying what is important now? Grandchildren. You begin to open the spirit. And address issues about your grandchildren. Am I talking to someone here? It's a mystery. The Lord understands. You are addressing issues. That sometimes may not pertain to your present state. The way your mind understands it so when I'm praying in tongues I am praying mysteries and of course what's a mystery? a mystery is something my mind doesn't understand at the moment my mind doesn't understand it at the moment, sometimes you switch into tongues and you are actually praying for a chapel member who is in trouble somewhere and you don't know about it, because it's a mystery you kept praying, you kept praying you kept praying, and the Holy Ghost moved and delivered that person and then you hear, tomorrow morning somebody comes to give a testimony and says, hey at exactly 12 midday I almost died but I don't know how God made way for me do you remember, hey, at 12 midday yesterday we are actually praying in tongues hey. you were not thinking of that person sometimes you don't even know that person You don't know the person's name. You've not interacted with the person. The person has not called you before. Am I talking to somebody here? And so tongues enables us to speak mysteries. Mysteries. Number three. The use of tongues. Tongues helps us to build ourselves up spiritually. It helps us to build ourselves up spiritually. Paul says in that scripture, he who speaks in a tongue, edifies himself. But he who prophesies, edifies the church. The word edify, is a a word from which you get edifice. Edifice, are we together here? What's an edifice? An edifice is a large building. A great building. A big building. And so Paul says, when you speak in tongues, you edify yourself. That means when you speak in tongues, you're actually building yourself up spiritually and supernaturally. You're building, edifying yourself. You're building yourself. You're creating a link to the supernatural. You're tapping into God's strength. You're refueling your spirit. You are renewing your spirit. Am I talking to somebody here? I don't know about you, but I've I've experienced this severally. Sometimes you are down. You are depressed. And maybe you begin to speak in tongues. By the time you finish speaking, you discover that the depression is gone. Something strengthens you. You are energized, refueled, and you can go about your normal duties again. And so that's the use of the tongue. It builds, it helps us build up ourselves spiritually. Speaking tongues is like a refueling. Let me use an illustration. I don't know where you've seen a jet fighter before. A jet fighter. Jet fighter. jet fighter plane. Jet fighter planes are very fast planes. Sometimes small by design. And they use less fuel and fly so much. Please follow me with this this illustration. Many times, if fuel gets exhausted, jet fighters don't come down. They don't land to refuel. And so in many military operations, where jet fighter planes are used, there is always something like an Airbus plane a carrier plane that flies alongside the jet fighters. Now, what's the use of these Airbus planes that fly alongside the jet fighters? The Airbus planes actually carry volumes of fuel, aviation fuel. And so, when fuel gets almost getting exhausted in a jet fighter, the Airbus plane flies above the jet fighter. And drops a pipe. Which is linked up to the jet fighter. And discharges fuel. Into the jet fighter. Am I talking to somebody here? And after discharging. Depending on the volume. The pipe goes up. And the jet fighter continues actively working. Sometimes in life we get tired. We get discouraged. It looks as if you can't go ahead. It's like your fuel has entered the reserve. And your journey is about to end. Tongues is like that airbus that flies alongside the jet fighter. And when the jet fighter is almost down in terms of fuel, it discharges fuel into the jet fighter, energizes it to continue operations. When you feel weak, you feel down. There is something that comes to Refuel and energize you And that's the tongues That the Holy Ghost gives us Am I talking to somebody here That's why by God's grace If you develop yourself You can minutes long Hours long And you keep speaking And you keep speaking And you keep speaking And something is happening to your spiritual life There is a refueling There is a renewal of strength there's a renewal of ability and they thought you were down and you come out of it feeling strong feeling emboldened to face the face of life am I talking to somebody here and I'm trusting the Lord again this morning or this afternoon the Lord shall refer someone's life here in the name of Jesus question number three please note this gift of speaking in tongues who is it for? Is it just for a pastor? Is it just for a chaplain? Who qualifies to receive this gift? Is this gift of tongues for some people and not for some people? Acts chapter 2. Let's see what scripture says. Because when the apostles had received the Holy Ghost, the people thought they were drunk and Peter had to teach them. Acts 2 verse 37. 37 to 39. Now, when they heard this, they were caught to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And You shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Are you there? For the promise is for number one, you. Number two, your children. Number three, those who are far off. Number four, those who the Lord will call. Are we together? Now my question is, He's speaking in tongues. Who is it meant for? Who qualifies? From that scripture says those who have received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Those who have repented of their sin. Those who are born again. Those who have been saved. Peter says, repent all of you. Be baptized in the name of Jesus. For the remission of your sin. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so the promise of the Holy Spirit is for those who have received Jesus as Lord. And so, if you are not born again, it is not for you. If you are born again, it is for you. And oh my God, I love this. Peter goes on to say, this promise. This Holy Spirit. It's not just for you. That's talking about those who were listening to Peter on the day of Pentecost. He says the Holy Ghost is not just for you. He says it is also for your children who are at home. They are not here in Jerusalem. They are at home. This promise is also for them. And he says this promise is also for those who are far off. A far off means countries far from Jerusalem. And I believe Nigeria is far from Jerusalem. And so this gift is also from those, It's also for for those from Nigeria. And if you think Nigeria is not far from Jerusalem, he adds a foot, he adds a foot caveat. He says it's also for those whom the Lord Jesus will call. And so if your country is, if, if your grand, 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 great, 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 great grandfather was not in Jerusalem, if you are not his son, the promise for those who are far off. If they are not very far, the promise for those who God has called. And I honestly believe everyone here listening to me have been called of God. And so you qualify for this gift, for this promise of the Holy Spirit. Am I talking to somebody here? Every believer qualifies for it. Every believer qualifies for it. Some say well You can receive the Holy Ghost And not speak in tongues You must not Necessarily Speak in tongues There are people who teach that and who claim that But well I wouldn't argue with anyone on that But for me Acts chapter 2 shows us The birth of the church And the birth of the church was birthed in Power Was birthed in fire And so for me, the standard is Acts chapter 2. That's for me. Because the demands of the church demands power and fire. And I'll show you shortly. How will you survive times like this without power? How will you survive seasons like this without fire? Am I talking to somebody here? the times we find ourselves demand men generation of power and generation of and of course this is gotten from the Holy Spirit for some people it is hard for them to believe or to receive but if you ask me it's not hard to receive the Holy Spirit Luke chapter 11 From verse 11 to 13 Let me show you that it's not difficult It's a very simple thing to receive the Holy Ghost I received the Holy Ghost Me, myself I received the Holy Ghost On top of my bed In the hostel, year one On top of my bed As I was doing my night prayers On top of my bed In the hostel, year one The Holy Ghost came On my bed, I began to speak in tongues And the entire bunk It was unfortunate unfortunate for me It was top bunk And the entire bunk Was shaking and vibrating And everyone in the room Knew that something had happened And something had entered the room that day I was a one student And there was a student in my room Who was like a father in the room And he was the president of The Students Fellowship of the Brotherhood of the Cross and Star. And he had, we had in our room a giant mirror that was brought from Biakwan and placed in that room as president. It was a monetary mirror. Whereas I received the gift of the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues, the mirror fell from where it was hung and broke into many pieces. And that was the end of the ministry of Brotherhood of Christ in that room. Am I talking to somebody here? This thing, this gift, this promise comes with power. Am I talking to somebody here? He was a father here, I was a young student. I had prayed about that, that I had prayed about that mirror you know, for, for months, nothing happened. And when the Holy Ghost came on his own accord, he fell, broke into pieces. The young man knew what happened and later confessed. So, people, I came to say, it is not hard to receive for some people, hands can be laid on them and they receive, but that's not the only way to receive. <laughs> You know something? You can walk on the streets and still receive it. Like my own. I lay on my bed and I received it. My experience may not be your experience. But for me, it is very easy to receive. Luke chapter 11. Let's see what scripture says. 11 to 13. If a son asks for bread, if a son asks for bread, from any father among you, Will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. How much more, how much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Is it hard to receive? For me, no. God is willing to give up, give us the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is a free gift. It's a gift from God. A gift is something we receive without hard labor. A gift is given out of the generosity of the giver. A gift is not based on our works. A gift given is based on grace. Jesus says, If human fathers who are evil know how to give bread, fish, and egg to their children when they ask. He says, even a wicked father will not give stones to the son when the son asks for egg. He will not give scorpion to the son when the son asks for bread. He will not give serpent to the son when the son asks for fish. He says, if evil fathers know how to give their children bread, egg, fish, How much more will your heavenly father Not give you the Holy Spirit Your heavenly father Is not wicked he's a good father If you ask him In this service this afternoon If you ask the Holy Spirit He will give you That means if you are here You have not received the Holy Spirit You are here to speak in tongues As we get into the period of prayer If you ask him He will come upon you and you will speak in tongues Am I talking to somebody here when a child asks a father of bread When I was living today My last son asked me That I should come back I should buy biscuit for him As I come back And I'll buy When children ask their father for biscuit Like my son did He did not consider whether I have money or not He has a confidence Because that's the first thing he will ask me when I return He has the confidence That when I return I'm going to bring back home biscuits and juice for him Am I talking to somebody here? A father doesn't, a son doesn't ask the father looking at the salary of the father. No. He asks the father because he knows the father has the capacity to give to him what he makes as a demand. And can I say this? God the father has the capacity to give to you the Holy Ghost when you ask of him. He's not beyond his capacity. And so don't doubt his ability. He has the power to give it hallelujah so whoever whoever needs it this afternoon the Holy Ghost is present here will give it to us in the name of Jesus now let me move to the third thing and then we pray why is it that many speak in tongues but no power is released we give one prayer point and you begin to speak you speak 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 yet it seems as if nothing is happening why do people speak and the enemy still resist them what has tongues got to offer me what has tongues got to offer me What has tongues got to offer God? What has my tongues got to offer the devil? Because when the purpose of a thing is unknown, Miles Monroe says abuse is inevitable. How can you carry a computer around? You carry an iPad around, you pose with it, and yet you don't know how to use it. How can you have the Holy Ghost with evidence in speaking in tongues and yet you don't know how to use that gift given to you? How can you be speaking in tongues and yet things are still like this? How can you disturb your neighbors? Every morning. Yet your life is not different. From that of your neighbors. You know. Neighbors have now begun to say. You are making noise. Sometimes they harass you. And say keep quiet. Why? Nothing has happened. Since you started to speak in tongues. The enemy is still harassing you. You are still eating in a dream. You are still having sexual activities in your dreams. The enemy is still drawing the map of your village on your body. And yet, you are speaking in tongues. You speak in tongues and fail exams. You speak in tongues and still go back to sin. Speak in tongues and still fornicating. Get up on top of a woman, on top of a man, and yet speak in tongues. And yet there is no effect. There is no power. There is no evidence that the Holy Ghost is at work. There is no change in your life. There is no, there is no refueling, no strengthening. Yet you are blasting in tongues. Dangerous tongues. Yet no dangerous impact. Dangerous tongues, yet yeah, no open heaven. It seems as if your tongues do to not go beyond the ceiling. Hey, how can you speak? And so you know when, when they spoke in the outer room, in the in the upper room, the entire city was moved. So I, I encourage us to go back to Acts chapter 2 see what happened that day. Oh my God, something happened. The entire city was moved. Nine o'clock in the morning. They, no, there were no GSM. But from all over, something attracted men to the upper room. Bible says, all of them heard someone speaking their language. They had come from all over the world. And something drew them to that place. how can you speak in tongues and men are not drawn how can you speak in tongues and things are still the same way they are it seems to me that you are yet to understand the power inherent in tongues because there is so much power in that tongue that the Lord has given to you enormous power Enormous power That's what I shall try to expose in a few minutes Enormous power Stand to your feet everybody Enormous power Can you raise your two hands wherever you are? We are getting to another dimension from this moment. Simple prayer. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank Thank you because you came. Thank you because you came. Thank you because you came oh can you lift your voice can you lift your voice and just thank the holy spirit <laughs> oh my god oh my god you can't afford to keep quiet now you can't afford to keep quiet now you can't afford we're switching gears from this point now you can't afford to keep i just thank you blessed holy spirit thank you my comforter thank you thank you my senior partner Thank you my senior brother. Go ahead. Go ahead. Thank you my director. My director. Thank you. Thank you my depender. Thank you my helper. Blessed Holy Spirit. Thank you my advocate. Thank you my comforter. Thank you my consoler. Are you thanking him? Are you thanking him please? Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. 3 minutes to thank the Holy Spirit. 3 minutes to give praise to the Holy Spirit. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead, 3 minutes to thank the Holy Spirit. 3 minutes to give praise. Give praise. Give praise to the Holy Ghost. 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 The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Chapel of praise. I want to hear you. 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 I want to hear you, to hear you. To hear you pray. Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Lamb of God, seated at the right hand of the Father, you are holy. Holy, you are holy. Lamb of God, Lamb of God, seated at the right hand of the Father, Father, you are holy. Holy, oh, oh, you are. Let's begin worshiping to Him this after the Lord of God. The of God seated at the right hand of the Father, Father you, you are. Shakadama na kaza sha. Oh, 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 oh,